Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection now 65% off. Plus, Macy Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. everyone thank you for downloading another episode of the retro gamers larry here and anthony here anthony way over there still what's going on way over here way 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 <laughs> over here still in, still in still in japan oh still man in another week oh you're in osaka last week you were in uh tokyo Oh, that's right. I wasn't talking about. Well, now I'm in Osaka. <laughs> you just you you just know you're in the country. You you don't know where you are. Look, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. People people put me on trains and send me places, <laughs> and you know, and here I am. <laughs> How was it riding the bullet train? That's like a really famous, you know, big to do train over there. Um, it was fast. Uh, sure, bullet train, right? <laughs> did it feel like? Yeah. Did you feel it? It's going like. 500 miles an hour or something isn't it yeah it, it, it it's definitely fast <laughs> um but yeah i mean i, I mean it, it doesn't it doesn't feel that different um oh, okay. you know it's kind of like when you when you're you know on a plane a plane's going like five or six hundred miles an hour but you don't necessarily feel it so um cool. same 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 thing here i mean what I really thought was interesting about it was that it was an incredibly smooth ride. Yeah, because I think so... it's all mag- I think it's all magnetism. I think it technically levit not levitates, but because of the magnets on the rail, I think that's why it's a smooth, fast ride. I think. Uh, yeah, more or less. I I, I particularly enjoyed the fact that uh, you know, having grown up in New York and knowing how those subways go, that it was a <laughs> yeah, it was just a nice smooth ride for a change. And not only that, um, the the trains here. Are, um, the seats are incredibly comfortable, and um, the ride—you know—like I said, the ride is very smooth. They're very clean. Oh yeah, no. Um, I mean, they'll jam a thousand so, people into one car, but they keep everything orderly. They, they will. But with the bullet train, it's interesting because, like you, you uh, because it's such a long ride, yeah. um, you reserve your seats. Oh okay. Uh, so yeah, so you know, I just. Sat in my reserve seat, watched the countryside go by, played some video games, dozed, dozed off, woke up, you know. And <laughs> did all the normal touristy stuff. <laughs> yeah, did, did, all, did all the things you would do on a long-term trip. I mean, all in all, um, it was only a two-and-a-half-hour ride between Osaka and Tokyo. That's not which, bad. When you think about it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, not bad. Not bad at all. And um, you had to say goodbye to Super Potato, yeah. for now at least. <laughs> I did Super Super. Super potato for now is in the past, but uh, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not ruling out another opportunity to go there. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, have you done any shopping yet since you're back in Osaka? Uh, no, I have not had time. It's been uh, it's been incredibly busy with work. Okay, fair uh, enough. 
you know, I'm have long hours and uh, no days off since uh, since last we spoke. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, but uh, I do plan on going shopping tomorrow. Good, good. And uh, there's a store here called, I believe it's Super called Mega Retro Potato. T- yeah, super mega potato, um, or, or or super sweet potato. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but no, there's another store here. Um, I only looked it up online, so I have no idea if it's good. It's in an area called Nippon Bashi, I believe, if that was said okay. correctly, uh, and it's called uh, Retro TV Game Revival. Ooh, so that sounds promising. It does, uh, based on the images on uh, Google Google Maps, mm-hmm. uh, it looks incredibly promising. So. Uh, I'll see what happens with that uh, tomorrow. And uh, the other cool thing about it is um, somebody told me that in that area, um, it's kind of like the gaming area. Okay. And so I should be seeing multiple stores there that are game-related. And on top of that, they also said it's a very um, trendy cosplay area. Really? As well. Okay. So... Right, so I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I know what cosplay is, yeah, right. But uh, I'm not sure what that means in terms of like, do people working there cosplay, <laughs> or do like just regular, or do regular people dress up when they go down there? So um, I will, uh, I will find that out and have a full report for the next episode. Nice, careful. Maybe just a bunch of furries. <laughs> it, it might be, and uh, hopefully they don't. Uh, they you know they don't attack. So. <laughs> awesome. we'll see We'll see what happens. Ah, cool. And your your Japan uh, uh, escapades continue. And, uh, of course, you have some stuff. Uh, I know you want to get home uh, to get that, that Nintendo Switch that's waiting for you. Yes, that Nintendo Switch is uh, eagerly awaiting for my return so I can plug it in, stare at it for 30 seconds, and go back to work. <laughs> um, you were live for, for a little while there playing. You, you plugged in the Famicom. You couldn't wait to get home. You got the Famicom going, didn't you? Well, you know, I, I thought I thought it would be a cool thing to do since yeah. you know the Famicom is the original Japanese system. Sure is. And um, I was in Japan. How where often I was born. can you say that you played the Famicom in Japan? So honestly, well, not only that, but I played the Famicom that I purchased. That too, your in Famicom Japan. in Japan. Yeah, it's mine. <laughs> It's mine. I physically own it. <laughs> you know, and not only that, I mean, I just figured it was logical for me to at least try it out yeah, it since fun. like if it if it didn't work, it would have been the, the return policy would have been a little tough if I yeah, right. back to Los Angeles with it. That's true. Um like did it I know it's going to sound silly, but I'm just going to ask like did the system feel different? Did the controllers feel different? Did it just like gameplay? I mean, like how was how the system hold up? It looked like it held up fine. I mean, yeah, system held up fine. Um, the cool, uh, the coolest thing was um, the. I only had to blow into the cartridge once to get oh, it to there work. There you go. Even mm-hmm. though, even even though they say that's not how you get them to work, I still <laughs> did it because that's what I always did. Um, the biggest difference between that and a Nintendo, I will say, is that the controller length is extremely short because, like like the mini version of it, mm-hmm. um, the controllers are attached to the console, mm-hmm. and I think there's only about three feet of cable. So you have to be right on top of the system. I think because, and I'm not one of the few times, I'm not trying to be funny about this. I think because the way, like, the homes were set up back then, I think everything was very close-knit. So I'm assuming that's why the system cable length was so short. I mean, I can't imagine, like, the AV wire being, like, 
20 feet long to get to the television and they're playing with it, you know, on their lap or on their, uh, you know, uh, coffee table. Yeah, I, I, I honestly wish I had an answer for that, but I, I don't. Um, I mean, that's a good assessment. I just know that when I bring it home to play it, uh, yeah, it's going to have to, it's going to have to, either I'm going to have to move a chair really close <laughs> to the television uh, and, and ruin my eyesight like my mom warned me was going to happen. Um, which didn't matter anyway, because I'm blind as a bat. There you go. So, or, you know, yeah, or just, you know, stare at it. All right, cool. Hey, not too bad, not too bad. Did you play anything else just on your own besides, uh, well, you only bought three games, right? Uh, I bought four games. Oh, four games. Um, so a... I, I tried Mario out. I did not try Goonies. That's right. Um, okay. I, and, and I specifically bought the Goonies because the first Goonies game, uh, was never released mm-hmm. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only released in Japan, to my knowledge. So, um, and the second game was a little weird. So, I wanted to get my hands on the first one. Okay. Uh, and then I got Final Fantasy one and two, which I'll never play through because, quite frankly, I won't be able to read it. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the uh, original Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. which will remain sealed. There you go. I don't blame you. So you, to, so you have to get one more Zelda. You know that's that's beat up a little bit. That's cheaper, but still plays. So that way, maybe get your experience on that. Yes, my my next shopping trip tomorrow. I kind of have a few games. Um, I have a few games uh, pegged. Okay. Uh, one of them will be another copy of Legend of Zelda, so I can actually play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another game is I want to get my hands on the original Super Mario Brothers two. Oh, our which... lost levels. Uh, yes, and Super Mario Brothers Two though was not released on the Famicom cartridge system. It was released on the Famicom Disk system only. It was completely on the disc so, system. Wow! It was completely on the disc system. So in order to play it, you need to actually buy the disc portion <laughs> add-on for the console. So I will be pricing that out tomorrow. Good when luck I get to with the that. Start. Yeah, honestly. yeah, and if it's affordable, I will buy the disc. I will buy the disc system. If it is not, I'm just gonna buy Super Mario Brothers two for posterity. Sweet. So I have it. Why are you there? Why don't you try and find the the original? Uh, this is gonna get confusing. The original Japanese version of Super Mario Brothers two USA, which over there is a Doki Doki Panic. See how that is. See if you can find that. Yes, that is that is uh, that is that is also on my list. I want to get <laughs> Doki Doki Panic. It is now. Uh, I want to get uh, Super Mario USA as oh, well. So okay, okay. Uh, um, and then, um, based on some recommendations my friend Sean gave me, um, he told me to pick up Contra because Ooh. he said Contra, the frame rate on it is a lot faster and smoother than the U.S. version. Okay. Uh, he also said Castlevania Three, same reason. Oh, wow. And uh, on top of that, he said there's another um, – Castlevania related game called Kid Dracula or Castlevania light game called Kid Dracula so I'm going to keep my eye out for that cool alright cool well good luck with that shopping list but who knows what I'll wind up to get (laughs) I'm basically going to leave my clothes in Japan there you go well you do what you got to (laughs) do yeah yeah. so uh, games are more important that is true you can always buy clothes you can (laughs) you can Um, alright cool well good luck with the shopping can't wait to see what what do you got? Yes, uh, but I just wanted to switch gears a little bit because um, what's going on with you in Castlevania since I just brought it up? Oh, yes, Castlevania. Um, yeah, no, uh, not this week. <laughs> um, I was getting ready to, to play Castlevania 2, as usual. Um, my Friday was a little bit 
packed. So um, I was going to play a little earlier. What happened is, long story short, and this being the truth, uh, my NES Classic I brought to my cousin's house so my godson can play it. Um, and then when I brought it home, I was just too lazy to rehook it back up to the television, especially breaking out the, the system to record and everything like that. Uh, on top of that, I had something to do at 9 o'clock Friday night. Uh, and then Friday night being Mario Day, March 10th, I figured, you know what, if I can't dedicate a full hour to Castlevania 2, it's not worth playing. Um, so, and we'll get, we'll talk about uh, Mario Day a little a little later. But um, I haven't forgotten about Castlevania 2. I know it's been a couple weeks, but um, I don't really have... Uh, looking at the calendar right now. Hmm, Alright, maybe I'll play a different day this week, <laughs> because again, my Friday is a little busy. Um, but I will get back to it this week. So, 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 basi- so basically you're saying you were too lazy to commit yourself to what you promised our listeners you were going to do. Absolutely. All right. Good to know. I just, I just want I just want to put that out there so that everybody's aware that you're, you know, that this is what you're doing. I never promised I would play every week that I want to throw out on the table right now. <laughs> I believe. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure about that, but I'm not going to go back and check that. So <laughs> we'll check okay. one of our historians. So they'll they'll check the records. <laughs> yes, let's let's we'll check in with our number one fan. <laughs> number one and one A. Um, but yeah, that's what happened. So um, you know, if I'm going to dedicate to Castlevania, I'm going to dedicate when I play. When I play um, this week, looking at my calendar, I'll probably do it either. Uh, Wednesday or Thursday because I got a couple more Islander games because I got some tickets to those so and those are Saturday games. That's fair. So, um, but besides Zelda, um, the Zelda. What am I talking about? <laughs> besides yeah. Castlevania, I've been playing a little bit of Zelda on the Switch, which I know as soon as you get back to the U.S., you're going to be trying to play when you get. Hey, the Switch is portable. You can play wherever you want. That's very true, and I have an, I have another trip coming up in a few weeks. So. There you go. Well, bring a bring a, a, a plug with you because it is only about a three hour battery on uh, handheld mode, but still. <laughs> so, so so I've heard. Um, but finally got you know last uh, last week's episode. Um, I didn't get the switch because uh, there were uh, Amazon was being jerks about it. But finally got the system, and just real quick, I'm going to say it is excellent. It is the hype finally. You know, the Wii was cool, the Wii U was a little lackluster, I like the Wii U personally, but generally speaking, the Wii U was lackluster, but the Switch is everything the hype is, and more. The system plays smooth, I mean, the only, well, by the time I'm done here, I'll have four games, but when I got the system, I only had Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, the game plays everything, like the ratings are saying 10 out of 10 five stars i mean all the websites are just praising breath of the wild yeah, um, I've, I've been reading the reviews i've been reading the reviews of it since i can't play it and um and again my um my cousin uh my cousin who just started listening to our podcast was right. talking to me about it because he picked it up and uh he couldn't say enough good things about it oh, so uh, and i know it's not retro related and we're talking about switch right. But, um, yeah, I mean, Zelda, I mean, Zelda games that, you know, Nintendo has always taken very good care of that series. Yes. Um, 
it may be hard to follow in terms of the timeline of it all because they do a lot of things where like certain games happen if you know if link succeeded in this game then this game spawned from it if he failed then this one spawned from it so there's a lot of like alternate timelines um and the original legend of zelda is actually one of the last games in the timeline yeah, right even though it was the first one to come out so um so but you know nintendo as far as i know has never failed to disappoint with a zelda game i've never heard of a really poorly um rated zelda game with the exception of the ones that were released on cdi <laughs> yeah those uh we we try to ignore those <laughs> animated like dragon's lair type yeah they were they uh, Zelda games, yeah, I think that was the first and last time they ever decided to license out their uh, their characters. There were two of them. There were two of them on the CDI, and they just... Pl- I never played them. I've only seen video footage, and they just play horribly. So uh, we're not yeah, going to count those. Yeah, seeing the video <laughs> footage was enough. So between, it, that, between, between that and the very, very awful um, television show... Um, that's about <laughs> all the misfire. That's about all the misfires I know of in the Zelda series. Excuse me. <laughs> so we treat those we we treat those kind of like like in the X Men timeline, like where Days of Future Past showed up and completely erased a lot of what happened from X Men two and three. So <laughs> you know those yeah, CDI more, and everything. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I mean, I, I can safely say that the te- the the company that made the television show is no longer in existence because I actually used to work for that company. <laughs> and you took him down, single handedly. <laughs> no, you well, did not. You know, Legal I reasons, did, he did not. I did blame them for you know the yeah. awful series. <laughs> um. So yeah, so uh, that's uh, Switch. Awesome. If you, if you can go out and buy it, is actually worth every penny. Every penny. When your competitors are praising you, Microsoft and Sony are praising the Switch and good luck and and out there and, and everything. You got to have a good product in your hand, in my opinion. So, um, well, we- I honestly think I honestly think that they're only doing that because I don't I don't honestly think they see it as a threat because you know Nintendo has always been focused on gaming first, whereas like PlayStation and Xbox to me are more. Uh, multimedia consoles it's oh, not yeah, just cool. about games totally. so yeah so i i don't think they, yeah so i don't think they ever think of nintendo as on their level so it's like you know you know of course they of course they wish it all the success in the world they don't think it's ever going to catch up to them but i've never you've never seen companies do this that's what i'm saying like i've never seen microsoft or sony go you know just do that with each other and yes nintendo i mean they're not playing 4k you know they're not they don't none of the systems play dvds uh, you know, for a reason, and uh, but it's just it's it was kind of weird, um, I guess, in a way to see just the companies kind of even recognize it. Um, you know, even even if it's never going to be on on the level, but the Switch, honestly, in my opinion, it's it's going to be on the level of those systems, but like for different reasons. So, not graphically, but just gameplay. Um, but one game that's out, I didn't realize it was out already, actually. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go download it. Um, kind of, uh, you know, what's old is new. I like to talk about it every now and again. Uh, and this kind of came out of nowhere. Blaster Master Zero is actually available on, well, actually on the 3DS and on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, first new Blaster Master game in in a while. Because I know there was some weird Blaster Master game they did on the on the DS. 
But um, mm-hmm. first kind of legit Blaster Master game in a long time. And Blaster Master is, what, 29 years? Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Years old now, um, and they're pumping out a new game that looks like the original. And it, it with some, obviously, some modern tweaks to it, plays like the original. Um... And it's pretty. I mean, it's, it's ten bucks to download, so you can't beat that. Um, no, new game ten bucks. That's a good. That's a win. Totally. And even though both games are available, you know, on the 3DS and on the Switch, the Switch version is going to have exclusives, um, which I just want to just touch on real quick here, um, which is almost a lot of it's kind of first for the um, for the uh, for the game. Because the original NES game was single player, stuff along those lines. This one on the Switch is multiplayer, Joy-Con multiplayer. And what's cool about it is player one is the player. You know, they they play the game. Player two assists with, like, you'll see player two, there'll be crosshairs on the screen. Almost like in Super Mario Galaxy where player two can help you, like, collect stars and everything player two can actually shoot at other things on the board while you're playing the game uh, that's really cool they do that and then i think at certain points they can drop recovery items for you player two can do that um hd rumble which i haven't experienced just yet that hd rumble that they keep talking about um zelda i haven't gotten to a part yet i think where i can really take advantage of that um and in the Switch version, which I think is pretty cool, there's a certain... I don't know which one it is, but there's a certain dungeon in the game where, like, the water elements completely affect you. Like, there's a tidal wave that comes through every now and again. If you get caught up in it, you get dragged to, I guess, the beginning of the level. Um, but they say you can really... In that HD rumble, you can really feel that water flowing, and you smack it into the wall, I guess, if you get caught up in it. So, um... Uh, well, I guess... I guess that's kind of awesome. I mean, yeah. because what you know, what game player doesn't want to feel you know like they've been in a tidal wave that smacks them up against the wall? Exactly. And you know, the way this HD run, they keep talking about the HD rumble. I'm really trying to get to a point where I can feel the HD rumble because they're saying it's it's wild. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Blaster Master Zero. Would a successful game like this? Uh, well, hopefully it's successful. I mean, it just came out. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, the jury's out, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I'm really hoping you see more of these. And I think with the Switch, um, and you've seen it before, like with Mega Man 9 and 10 and Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episodes 1 and 2, um, even the new Double Dragon, even though that got bad reviews, Double Dragon 4, this back-to-old-school looks, you know what I mean? Kind of 2D retro look to it. Um, I'm really hoping this takes off, especially for the Switch. So, um, Blaster Master Zero, check it out. Yeah, well, I think um, I think because retro games have become you know have become such a thing, 
Um, you know, and not just, you know, and not just, you know, not just with people our age who, you know, grew up playing those games, but, you know, with, 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 with the kids out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think it's just another, yeah, it's just another, it's just another genre, you know, the same way you have your first person shooters and you have your, uh, MMORPGs and everything like that. Now you have, you know, you know, a retro game category. So I think, I think you're right. I think we will see more of those types of things. And actually, uh, I was reading online about Zelda Breath of the Wild that um, they initially like concepted the play for that as an 8-bit game. Yes, I heard, so, I heard about that. I didn't read into it, but I did hear about that. Yeah, so I mean, which makes me which makes me wonder um, if someday we may see uh, you know an 8-bit version of Breath of the Wild. Oh, can you imagine that? Not even Breath of the Wild, just another Zelda top-down game like that like you like on the nes and the game boy games yeah it was an it was it was an eight it was an 8-bit prototype um that was used um for a presentation to explain the game wow that'd be awesome kickstarter yeah i mean talking i mean talking about going backwards to go forward (laughs) yeah exactly right uh i think so because like if you go if you go online um if you go online and look it up, there are images of the presentation, and it basically looks like they took the original Legend of Zelda, um, you know, the, the Legend of Zelda coding mm-hmm. um, or engine, um, and they just, you know, remade it to explain how they were going to do Breath of the Wild. That's cool. I got to check that out. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's actually kind of awesome. So. Um, anybody right now who's playing Breath of the Wild is really into it. You can actually go online and look at images of you know the eight bit presentation that was put together. You can also at some point in the game you can unlock or find or purchase or something um, uh, Link's original outfit, green outfit, because um, he doesn't really play, he doesn't wear it in in this. He almost looks like a hobo in this game, but um, you can you can find eventually his original outfit from the original Legend of Zelda. So I think that's pretty cool. That's that's and, really um, cool. Also, ton of amiibo, you know, you can play, you can uh, any amiibo Zelda amiibo that you you scan into the game, you unlock a bunch of power um, you know, uh, special weapons and everything, but this particular amiibo, it's one of the guardians we're going to show in here real quick. Uh, just look at the detail on this guy. Oh wow. And he's huge. One of the guardians. I would love to, I would I would I would love to say that looks amazing, but considering how pixelated you are because I'm <laughs> about 10,000 miles away. Oh. Uh, I really can't I really can't make it out that well. Then never mind. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, um Yeah. yeah. Oh, is, checking that out right now. I'm just going to check out a little yeah, uh, so Zelda yeah. 2D. Look at this thing. Some, Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody recorded the presentation and posted a bit of it on YouTube. So, uh, for anybody who wants to see the eight-bit version of Breath of the Wild, it is available on YouTube. And uh, we will link it, Larry. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing that on our page, since uh, after after we're done here, uh, yeah. since I- I'm on the other side of the world, I'm tired. <laughs> You'd be going to bed. Oh, that, even if it played like that, it's—I mean—it's very simplistic. But even if it played like that, I'd play a whole Zelda game, even looking like that. Huh. Oh, if they ever—if if they ever released another eight-bit Zelda game, I'm all in. It almost looks like South Park, <laughs> like how what? South Park used to be. <laughs> exactly. The graphics, the graphics that is. All right, cool. Yes. Check that out. Um. So. 
pretty sweet. cool stuff. Yeah, no, definitely sweet. Definitely sweet. I'm going to check that out as well. Um, actually, you know, it's funny. Blast Master is almost 30 years old. Uh, a lot of the things are celebrating anniversaries. Um, and it's a 20-year anniversary for a show I was never really into, but you absolutely loved. Well, actually, you know what's funny? Um, yes, uh, we are at that point in time where um, the television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> is ce- celebrating its 20th anniversary. It's really hard to believe that that show debuted Honestly. 20 years ago, March 10th, 1997. Unbelievable. Uh, but the funny thing about it is I wasn't a fan of the show initially. No, not at first. I know um, that. Yeah, you got into it later. Yeah, I got into it later because I remember um, I remember a friend of mine telling me that I needed to watch it, and I watched the first like two or three episodes, and I'm like, okay, this is garbage. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, this is just bad. I go, it's just like, you know, it's just an extension of the movie, and I didn't care for the movie very much. So, and then you know, fast forward a little while later, and um, my you know my friend Anthony, you know, um, who I. You know who I, you know, grew up with. Uh, I met him in uh, kindergarten, uh, so uh, I've known him from way, way back. And uh, he told me he's like, no, he's like, you really need to watch the show. And at this point, the show was already, I think, going into season six. Oh wow! So, you know, it was only a seven, seven, uh, seven season show. So they were just starting season six, and it was the summer, but it was like right before it started season six. And he's like, you have to watch, you have to watch the show. Trust me. And he handed me VHS tapes. He had recorded every episode on VHS. <laughs> now I don't know if there was a, I don't know if there was a marathon. I think there was a marathon on at some point or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, between seasons five and six, um, the the show had actually changed channels. Yeah, it was on the it was on, it was on the WB. It moved to UPN. If anybody even knows what UPN is anymore, <laughs> UPN, now, yeah. forget about th- talking about retro games. I'm talking about retro television stations. <laughs> uh, but you know, it had switched over, and I, I don't know if they did a marathon or whatever. So he gave me he gave me the episodes, and I like I mean, and again, I still say the first season is rocky. It really is, mm-hmm. but. If you know, if if you're a fan of Joss Whedon's work, like people out there who listen now and they've seen The Avengers and they've seen Firefly and stuff like that, it takes a little time to get into a Whedon show. You I have for- to be patient. I forgot he did that. What? Josh Whedon. He did. He was. He. He was part of Buffy. I mean, he wasn't an actor. He, no, no, no. He was the creator. I know. He I created. Know. Yeah, so yes. I, I didn't. Re- I forgot. He, yeah, he cre- he created Buffy. Oh. So. Um, and any Whedon show takes a little time to get used to. Once you and once you get used to it, it's awesome. So, you know, I gave Buffy another chance, and then I was absolutely hooked. And I, you know, I binge watched before binge watching was cool because <laughs> Netflix wasn't around yet. So I binged my way through all the VHS tapes, and then you know picked up where season six was at the time, uh, and ran my way through. Um, I know this is this isn't uh, this is this is leading somewhere retro game wise. Trust me, um, but yeah. So, um, so I thought to commemorate the 20th anniversary of Buffy, which was again March 10th, uh, 20, uh, 1997. I thought for this week's retro spotlight, we'd talk about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer video games. Yes, on Xbox. Um, uh, no, there, there were several. There were oh more, no, there I were, know, but uh, there... wait, before that, well. In, in in the interest of 
in the interest of the normally I keep my retro spotlight to one game. Uh, in this case, I'm actually going to cover all of the games okay. for Buffy because there were only six games. Um, uh-huh. and there's and there's actually not a tremendous amount of information to give them mm-hmm. because you know as we all know like games based on television shows or movies generally aren't very well liked or not aren't given yeah or they're just not given the attention that they deserve they're usually just kind of pushed out mm-hmm. um, for the sake of cashing in on an, uh, you know an already established audience for something so. Um, so again, so uh, for our retro spotlight, we're going to be looking at Buffy the Vampire Slayer video games, and uh, I'm going to go chronologically since that just makes the most sense. Why not? And yeah, why not? So um, and what's interesting is the first game that came out actually was not the game on the Xbox. It was a game on Game Boy Color in 2000. Oh. Uh, it was yeah, it was just titled Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, there really isn't much to talk. There really isn't much to talk about with this game because <laughs> it takes place. It takes place in season four, which was arguably the weakest season of Buffy. Um, people will come back and forth and tell you their opinions. Since I'm doing the retro spotlight, it is my opinion. Uh, that, uh, season four was the weakest season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, the first game that came out on Game Boy Color takes place in season four. There were only eight levels in the game. Um, and the reviews for it were completely abysmal. So, <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, IGN and Game Informer gave it a whopping two out of ten. Ooh, all right. So very scathing. And again, you know, kind of living up to the whole game based on television show. Yeah, pretty much. Idea. Right. Then, um, so that was that was the uh, that was the first game ever for the series, and it was a handheld game. Then we move over to console. Now, the very first Buffy the Vampire Slayer console game came out in 2002 on the Xbox. However, it had been in development for a few years. Really? It was originally yeah, it was originally supposed to come out on the PlayStation One. Um, and I, I don't know if, uh, and I'm assuming it was early on in the television series, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but it was originally supposed to come out on PlayStation One, uh, and then. Um, you know, it wound up in development hell, like games do. Uh, and then they had moved it over to the Dreamcast. So they were like, okay, we're going to do it on Dreamcast and we'll do it um, on PC for Windows. And they they missed that window. Um, <laughs> no pun Because intended. Dreamcast, right, no pun intended, the Dreamcast had kind of come and gone. So then they finally moved it over to the Xbox, where it was released in 2002. Now, the interesting thing about the game is when you play it, it basically plays like a season of the show. Mm-hmm. So there are 13 levels in the game, and each level kind of feels like a mini episode of a season. So you're essentially getting like you know a 13 episode season with this long you know with this one overarching storyline. Um, and the reason why I said it was interesting, um, you know, it's interesting to know um, how long it took to make this game. It's because the um, the overarching story for the game was actually based on the season one villain. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, and at this point in 2002, they were already on season six. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it definitely, it, you know, definitely had come a long way. Um, and it was um, it was a single-player game only. 
because it was the story mode. However, when they were um, when they were doing uh, when they were debugging the game, when they were testing the game, mm-hmm. they had a multiplayer mode um, to kind of uh, as part as a, I guess a potential part of the game. But they were using it to they were using it to test the game. And there's a glitch in there where you can actually find your way to play the multiplayer version of the game oh, really? in the original Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> I never heard of that. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it's actually a hidden multiplayer mode that you can access if you know how to do it. Hmm. Um, so again, um, really good game. All of the all of the cast from the show actually provided the voices for the game, with the exception of. <laughs> Let me guess. Uh, <laughs> you want to- the uh, you want to guess the the star of the show and the game herself. Yes, Sarah Michelle Gellar did not voice Buffy in the video game. They did get a sound alike, and also the villain, the main villain in the game, who was the master in season one. The actor who played the master did not voice his oh. character either. But everybody else, everybody else came, everybody else came on board and voiced their characters. So, everybody else needed more money. Yeah, I get, you know that's what happens when you're a supporting cast. Um, so anyway, the the great thing about this game is that it was actually really well reviewed and very successful. The game, so I remember uh, that game. I wasn't a big Buffy fan. I didn't watch Buffy, and I, you guys tried to talk me into it. I just wanted nothing to do with it. But the game, I remember that game played smooth. That game was so much fun to play, um, and I remember it was like one of really the probably one of the Xbox games I played the most, to be honest with you. Yeah, I played through that game several times because it was just really enjoyable. Uh, like you said, like the, the game mechanics were good. Um, it was fun. It was just, it was just a fun idea, you know, finding monsters and vampires and things like that. And then, uh, you know, and then on top of it, um, you know, it was a good story. It actually had a good story because they had the, um, at the, at, by the time the game came out, um, there had already been like um, novelizations and like or- novellas and original stories being written. Um, they had brought the author in, the, the writer in for those oh. uh, to work on the games. Okay. He, so he wrote out the whole story for the game. So, you know, all in all, very, very well received. In fact, it, its highest rating was a 9 out of 10 by Game Informer. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so it was actually, you know, the. It was the highest rated game of all the Buffy games that came out. Hmm. So moving on from that game, uh, in 2003, and this was at the point now where uh, for the show, it's season seven and it's the last season of the show. Hmm. Um, So for Game Boy Advance, there was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Wrath of the Darkhold King. Hmm. Um, For some odd reason... It was set in season four, and I've already told you my feelings on season four. Um, it had 16 levels in it. There are two main villains, both from season four. Uh, again, um, only uh, of only Entertainment Weekly gave it a positive review. Everybody else did not like it. <laughs> EW. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Entertainment Weekly, I don't, I mean, they're not known for their video game reviews. No, I can't no. imagine. Them reviewing it in 2003, so <laughs> I'm guessing I'm guessing whoever was writing the recap articles for the Buffy episodes was mm-hmm. the one who played it. Probably gave it a positive review. <laughs> yeah, so it is it is what it is. Um, so moving moving back to console in 2003 again, final season of Buffy on television. 
Uh, they came out with a follow-up to the console game with Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds. And now this was it, the first multi-console uh, mm-hmm. game. It was on. It was released on Xbox, GameCube, and PlayStation 2. Uh, and you know, to make it the, to you know, in their attempts to make it more interesting than the first game, it had a story mode and it had a multiplayer mode. Uh-huh. So Fix. you were able, to, you know, so and and there were four different multiplayer modes. Granted, three out of the four were extremely similar, <laughs> and then there was one really wacky one called Bunny. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look, 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection, now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look, 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection, now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply catcher where you ran around <laughs> catching bunnies i, don't, I mean i had um, chaos it, i don't remember that yes, bunny mode <laughs> well there, there was a there was a bunny mode and the reason why there was a bunny mode if you don't if you're not a fan of the show is there was a character on the show who was afraid of bunnies <laughs> so um and the other thing about this one is in the first console game you only got to control buffy in this game you actually got to control buffy and her friends okay. so um, depending on the level you were playing, you were playing a different character, um, including at one point a uh, puppet, <laughs> a wooden puppet, who gets resurrected from a season one episode. So anyway, um, the, there was actually a novelization of the storyline for the game. Oh, really? They, yep. Dark Horse actually printed a comic book prequel to set up the game. Hmm. Um, and again, uh, it didn't get as high marks as the original Buffy game, but it still got decent to above average reviews. I remember, yes. Um, I, it wasn't, again, not a big Buffy fan, but I enjoyed the game so much. The first one, of course, I went out and bought the second one. And I remember, yeah, second one, not as good as the first, but still good. So. Yeah, so definitely, it was definitely worth playing. Um, I still own both of those console games. Um and in fact, being that it is, well, you know, I'm not home. I'm in Japan, but I am going home next, you know, this week. So um, to commemorate, you know, Buffy, uh, Buffy's 20th anniversary, I will watch a couple episodes and put in the Xbox game and play through that again. There you go. Watch the musical uh, maybe, episode. Love the musical yeah, episode. Yeah, maybe I'll stream that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, really quickly, two, two other games that came out, one completely inconsequential. It was a mobile game. Um, it was called The Quest for Oz. Okay. Um, not The Wizard of Oz. Oz was a character on the show played by Seth Green. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, every, uh, and the game, again, got very horrible reviews for the fact that Oz is never even seen in the game. So, <laughs> Way to go. All right. So, 
So Buffy and Willow set out to save Oz, who gets kidnapped, and they never show Oz in the game. Anyway, <laughs> that was a mobile game. In, that was a mobile game in 2004 after the show ended. Now this one, this one's interesting, and the reason why I say it's interesting is now that I know about it, I want to get my hands on it. <laughs> it's uh, it came out in 2009, six years after the show ended. Hmm. Now the show ended in 2003, but the storyline lived on in comic books. Yeah, there was like a so season eight the bu- comic book, right? Yeah, there's a season eight season. In fact, it's still going on now. It's 2017. Really? They're still writing Buffy comic books. Oh, okay. Yep. So, but 2009 was the last time they did a video game. It was on the Nintendo DS. It was called Buffy the Vampire Slayer Sacrifice. Hmm. Um, inter- interesting thing about these games are, uh, about this specific game is, it's the only game um, that had a storyline that continues the story after the show ended. So it actually picks up after the show cool. ends. Yeah, which is kind of cool because after season seven ends, you, you don't know what happens unless you read the comics. So um, it was that. It was a combination beat em up and first person shooter. I have no idea how that works, hmm. considering it's a Buffy thing. <laughs> but, you know, again, this this is something that uh, has piqued my interest. There are twenty four levels Whoa. in the game, which which is massive for a game like this, um, and it was only released in Europe. Oh, and that's why I don't know. That's why I didn't know about it. Yeah, I couldn't find re- I couldn't find reviews on it, and I was wondering why. And when I was looking it up, I found that it was only released in Europe. So I'm like, okay, I don't own a Nintendo DS. But uh, I need to get my hands on this game. <laughs> well, I do own a Nintendo so, DS. So I'm going to try and look that up. Yeah, see if you can track it down. Um, so um, that's to wrap up the retro spotlight. It was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I strongly urge anybody out there who has not seen the show to want first off view the show because it was extremely, extremely timely. Uh, it was actually ahead of its time. Uh, very obviously a cult classic, uh, worth watching just for the, just watch just watching the issues they tackled in that show, especially in the late nineties and early two thousands. It, it was really, really something special. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and then once, once you're done with that, go grab the Xbox games and, uh, play through them because they're really, really fun. Yes. All right. Well, this week's retro spotlight hit home because you enjoyed Buffy so much. Me, I only like one episode. Um, I was more of an Angel fan. Yeah, we're going to have to that. show that. was pretty good. Um, and the reason I watch Angel because it was a whole puppet episode. Well, at one point I had that puppet. I had that replica <laughs> puppet. That's sweet. So I didn't realize Buffy... So Buffy debuted, debuted March 10th of 90... What did you say? 97? 1997. How dare... She debut on Mario Day. That's for shame, Josh Sweden. For shame. Well, well, you do realize that Mario Day is only named Mario Day because M A R is March and one zero ten spells out Mario. It's exactly. not the day it de- it's not the day it was released. No, of course, I never said it was anything was released on March tenth. I'm just saying it's Mario Day, and I guess it wasn't. No one put two and two together back then in 1997. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think it was a thing in 1997. <laughs> Actually, I think it's just been a thing recently. But yes, March 10th, unofficially uh, Mario Day, as Anthony just said, the M A R one zero, and uh, that was this 
past Friday, um, where I normally would play Castlevania. So instead of Castlevania, I played some Mario games. And how did that work out? Fun, actually. I haven't... I played... What I did was, again, because of my laziness, want not wanting to hook up everything to play Castlevania, I uh, bootleg Facebook lived it through the cell phone. So it had a, had a very vintage look to it. Very... Um, uh, uh, VHS recorder look to it but I played I have a copy of Super Mario All-Stars um, so to wrap your head around this I played a Super I played a Super Nintendo game that had hyped up graphics for original NES games that was released on the Wii but I played it on the Wii U I'll let you I'll let you suck that uh, in for a moment so basically so basically you worked off of that was like that's like four Nintendo systems <laughs> in one um, the, nicely done. What nicely happened done. is, uh, I forgot what year it came out, but Super Mario All Super Mario All Stars originally released released on the Super Nintendo, and it was Super Mario's. It was four games on it, but Super Mario Brothers one, two, and three with sixteen bit graphic. And I know we all love the original NES games, but when All Stars came out. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, Ann. I'm sure you'll say something in a moment. But I remember just seeing the the hyped-up graphics of Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 and just, like, falling in love again. Because back then, you know, it was like, all right, 1, 2, and 3, done. We're playing the Super Nintendo. Like, you kind of forgot about them back then. Um, and when you just saw the, just the layout of, of the boards and, and the hyped-up graphics, it really, I mean, it was almost like the first first notion of nostalgia. More or less. I mean, well, you know, leave it to Nintendo. They're, they're, they're definitely the masters of the re-release. They're like, you know, they're like the George Lucas of video games when it comes <laughs> to re-releasing stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Nintendo always realized that there was an audience for that. So they would, you know, and it was just a smart thing to do. I remember when I heard about it, too, and I was like, okay, Super Mario All-Stars, why am I going to buy it? And then you saw the graphics, and you're like, holy crap, this looks so much better, I need to play it. <laughs> that's why I'm buying it. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. that's, why, that's why I'm buying it. So, you know, it was just that instant appeal right away. Um, Certainly. Certainly. And, you know, yeah, and now here we are 30 years later, and, you know, how many times have you bought Super Mario Brothers? Oh, because gosh. of virtual consoles and, you know, just all these special versions. I'm counting right now. Four, five... I've probably counting the original time I bought. Well, my parents bought Super Mario Brothers. I've probably bought it six or seven times, different versions, Virtual yeah. Console, Game Boy Color, Super Mario All Stars twice. So, right. Um, well, I just I just bought I just bought it for the Famicom. There you go. But that's your first time, so that's okay. We'll technically consider that no, a no, different no, game. No, I understand that, but I'm just no, no. no but I'm just saying. You go. That was a week ago. No, no. I know. No, agreed. And and it's funny because. So many people, I see a lot of, there's a lot of people out there, uh, Super Retro Game Time, um, you know, uh, Player One over there, who I like to watch a lot of his videos, check him out on Facebook, um, he does a lot of streaming as well of NES games, but a lot of people are always playing the original NES version of these games, I've never really seen anyone play this enhanced, like the Super Mario All-Stars version, so I'm like, you know what, let's do that, let's have some fun play Super Mario All-Stars with the hyped-up graphics. But not only that, there was a fourth game, and when All-Stars came out originally on Super Nintendo, the 
North American crowd was introduced to what we know as Super Mario Brothers, The Lost Levels, what Japan knows for years as Super Mario Brothers 2. Absolutely. And the interesting thing about Super Mario Brothers 2, because there was a lot of, Lost uh, levels, there was a lot of about. confusion going on about that, because okay. when Super Mario Brothers 2 came out in the U.S., mm-hmm. that, you know, it was distinctly different from the first one. It was, uh, it was more colorful. The, um, the enemies were completely different. It was generally a very strange game. King Wart? I mean, come on now. Yeah, I mean, and there was a lot of yeah. So a lot of people were kind of like, hmm, they're like, and you know, and this was a, this was at a time when you weren't expecting the sequel of a game to be exactly the same as the game before because you know sequels weren't even a thing yet yeah. in video gaming. So yet there was something really odd about the whole thing because everything was different, including like, like just colors were different. Everything was different, and it obviously didn't come out until later that this game wasn't originally the sequel to super mario brothers it was a game it was a game it was a japanese game that was reskinned as super mario brothers for the american audience we mentioned it earlier doki doki panic is the original game right doki doki panic is the original game now i had i had wondered for a very long time why they would do something like that because i'm like okay that makes no sense i go why would you why would you reskin a Japanese game for Super Mario Brothers? And of course, you know, if you go online now, you know the answer. But for those of you who don't know the answer to it, it's because the original Super Mario Brothers 2, which they does follow the same graphics and style and gameplay of Super Mario Brothers 1. If you've played Lost Levels, you know that. But the reason why Super Mario Brothers 2 was not released on the original NES is because it actually was released in Japan on their Famicom disc system, mm-hmm. not the Famicom. And the, the Famicom disc system was an attachment to the original Famicom that played games off of a floppy disc. So the original Super Mario Brothers 2 only existed on that floppy disc. And because they did not release the disc system as an attachment for the American Nintendo, they, could, they did not port the original Super Mario Brothers 2 to the Nintendo. There you go. And so there's no confusion. I, I, I'm going to call the OG Super Mario Brothers 2 Lost Levels, just so there's no confusion. But Lost Levels was also for a difficult game right out of the box. And I feel like maybe another reason why they went with Super Mario, our, Super Mario Brothers 2 USA. Um, why they went with Super Mario USA I think it's because because it's not as difficult right out of the box. I mean, Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels, you get like if you don't know it, there's there's poison mushrooms in the game, and the second mushroom you get is a poison mushroom about 15 seconds into the first level. So I think that was another thing. They wanted to kind of I think they wanted to, to to dull it down the intensity of the game right out of the box. My I, opinion. I, I, my I, opinion. I was just going to say, it is your opinion. I, I do disagree with that opinion because oh, here we um, go. One, you're, one, well, one, you're wrong, and two, <laughs> um, I don't think I don't, especially with older games. I don't think difficulty was ever an issue because of the fact that because games back then were sh- smaller and shorter, they would up the difficulty level so it would take you longer to complete it. So I don't think the difficulty level was an issue. I just think it was what I stated because it was released on the disc system. They didn't have a cartridge version of the game. Mm-hmm. Because if they had a cartridge version of the game, they would have released it 
on their Famicom system as a cartridge, not as a selling tool for the disc system. Mm-hmm. No, I, I... And that's why we... Here, yeah. So, yeah, so you're wrong. Moving on. <laughs> Um, okay, so I just want to drop a quote here from Howard Phillips from Nintendo of America, who, and this is from um, quoting here, who evaluated games for the president of Nintendo of America, felt that the game was unfairly difficult, even beyond the unofficial moniker of quote-unquote Nintendo Hard that the company's other games sometimes garnered. He, his opinion was that the lost levels would not sell well in America's market. Few games were more... What word is that? Oh, stymieing. Okay. He later recalls the game, not having fun is bad when you're a company selling fun. So I think we're both on this. What are the level of uh, why? <laughs> well, lot, if I remember correctly, though, Lost Levels was successful, so I believe he was wrong eventually, as well. Eventually. <laughs> eventually it was. Um, right, so he was... So he was wrong. Yes, eventually. So, <laughs> Lost Levels, though, but I remember, you know, playing Lost Levels. I ended up downloading the the original Lost Levels. Uh, it was available on the Wii Virtual Console. Like, the, the, the way it was intended with the original 8-bit graphics, the way it was played back in Japan. And, um, man, the game was a hump. It still is, to be honest with you. But I played all four games on Mario Day. Uh, threw it into the Wii U. Um, game is awesome. It was Super Mario All Stars on the Wii was like a special edition release. I mean, you could still find it, but um, I just played a little bit. Super Mario Brothers one, two, three, even a little bit of Lost Levels. Um, I never really played through Lost Levels, so I'm getting uh, you know an itch to really commit and try and do that game justice uh, one day. So, well, then, you know, just give it a shot. I actually at one point during your um during your live feed um i believe it was this well for me it was this morning i know for you it was last night but um i i did tune in and i saw you playing uh super mario brothers 2 usa version yes uh and of course i would run into that uh and i and i watched you die a couple i watched you die a couple times so i could laugh at you. yeah well playing and talking is, is rough especially reading comments on facebook um but yeah, yeah no it's it was a it, while too it's it's a lot really... going on. It's been a while since I played those games. You kind of—it's the muscle memory had a little trouble coming back, but um, yeah. That's why, well, when I was playing Super Mario last week here in uh, in Tokyo, um, I, I had completely spaced and forgot about the warp area for six, seven, and eight. Wound up on level five. <laughs> oh, that one, yeah. <laughs> I remember I was doing—I was—I skipped over. Oh. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that reminds me. When you get a chance, let's. I, want, I need you to do some research on Super Mario Brothers because it may have worked on the Famicom. And I mentioned this in my um, in my broadcast. Do you remember with the original Super Mario Brothers level four two when the second dungeon, uh, the second underground level, if you will, when when yep. you when you clear the two spaces and then you're uh, you know the very beginning where it's all brick and then it's the three three goombas that come at you. Did you ever run backwards to glitch out the screen, to jump up? You kind of get stuck in between the end of the screen and the wall. Then you can up, jump up one more time and then run through the top and pretty much clear the level. Yes, I've done that before. Okay. You can't do it in any of the re-releases. Just out of curiosity. It went not now when you get home, stuff like that. See if it works on the Famicom. I've been, I've been dying to see that again. and I haven't seen that since I've done it back in you know the late 80s. All right, so when I, yes, when I get home, I will try and get that. Not only that, if I if I succeed, 
I will I will record and post it on Facebook. Okay, I mean that's just really for my personal entertainment. So because I've been trying to do it forever, and if it's for your personal entertainment, then I'll pass. <laughs> I just none of the re-releases let you do it, bums. Um, all right, well, hey, happy Mario Day, everyone, and I hope you celebrated too by playing a Mario game somewhere in the world. Yeah. Real fast, what's your favorite Mario cameo? Ooh, Mario cameo. That's a good question. If Mario is missing, does not count. Uh, why not? <laughs> I guess, you know, I got to go with the obvious one. I mean, I love Mario as the referee in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. That, exactly. That's me, too. That's right there. Guys, referee's license and decide to go to work again. So, um, All right, sweet. And speaking of Mario... Is there, is, there, is, there, is there any other Mario cameo that, like, you know, comes close to that? Oh, he's um, he was the ref in, in, in... Not Mario Tennis, but he was the ref in Tennis on Game Boy, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was in a lot of cameos. He actually he's had a ton of cameos. I think he's in Tetris. No, he's not in Tetris. Um, I think he's in Tetris on Game Boy. Oh. Well, like I said, Punch-Out's the one that I always go back yeah, to. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Um, well, with Mario uh, you know, Day, March 10th, let's talk about this week in gaming. Any Mario games come out this week? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. And um, I am remiss to say that the answer to that is no. Ah, all right. Good night, folks. <laughs> However, exactly. However, there were other games that came out this week in gaming Let's history, and uh, we'll flip through some of them. And I've pulled out. Um, thankfully, I actually had time to put them in chronological order this, year, this time. So um, I hate I hate jumping back and forth between years. It pisses me off. So <laughs> a DeLorean gets tiring. Well, so, yeah, you know, and you only have so much plutonium. So <laughs> so anyway, so starting back. 30 years ago, we have a 30th anniversary. Oh. We actually have two 30th anniversaries. Um, both uh, NES games released in Japan in 1987, this week in history. Um, the first one was called 3D World Runner. Oh, I don't know yes. if you know that game. I know that game very well. It, it was Okay, it was actually released on the Famicom Disk System, hmm. um, which we were just talking about with Super Mario Bros. 2, the yeah. original. Um, yeah. And then the second game, that is celebrating its 30th anniversary is the Goonies 2, which <laughs> was released, which was released in Japan 30 years ago this week. That's the one I know and hate. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the one we all know um, because it was the only one ported to the United States. For some odd reason, the original game based on the movie was not ported to the U S and hmm. I bet there's, I'm sure there's a story in there. I can do some digging and get a, a you know, an answer for, um, and you know, I'm also very happy to say that I'm looking forward to playing that game when I come back to the states. Now that I have it, yeah, right, Famicom. cool. So yeah, so it'll be fun to play that years, you know, thirty years later. <laughs> but uh, Goonies two, I actually remember playing through Goonies two and beating the game because I loved the movie so much that I had to. So, <laughs> um, and I just remember getting all the way to the end of the game. Only to find out, spoiler alert, that, um, you know, Annie, uh, Andy, I'm sorry, Andy, who was in the movie, um, was a mermaid. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, so what the hell happened there? <laughs> so, Yikes. You know, just one of, 
just one of the things to shake your head at. Thank you. Thank you, Nintendo. All right, moving on. So Goonies 2 became Splash. The... <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, since when, you know, Andy became Daryl Hannah. Um, so moving on to uh, 1990, um, this was uh, an NES release in Japan. Uh, do you remember the game Yo Noid? <laughs> I remember the game and the marketing uh, series. Yep. Yo Noid. That oh thing my God, was, that was one Domino's. Of the most obnoxious things in the world. Do you and do you also remember who he was the sponsor of? Domino's. Domino's Pizza. <laughs> um, avoid the Noid. Avoid the Noid. Um, he. Yep. The mascot for a pizza company <laughs> at a video game. Oh, God, I let's remember just, that. Let's that was just, great. Let's just leave it there. What? Um, <laughs> now I want Domino's. Uh, well, they do deliver. <laughs> um, 19, 1992 is actually interesting because there are three games here that I want to mention that came out this weekend. Oh, okay. um, one, of, one of them was uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden Ooh, in Japan. And Fire Emblem serious. series, and the reason why I bring this up is because the Fire Emblem series is still putting out games today. Yeah. Um, games coming that, out on the Switch. That, that's, uh, yeah, that's going on three decades yeah. now almost. So. Um, Fire Emblem guy that unfortunately I I've n- never played a Fire Emblem game. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about the series, so it's one of those ones where it's like you know what, one day I'm gonna have to go back and uh, play one of those. I have one of them for the Game Boy Advance when they Nintendo like gave a bunch of us who owned it uh, like free uh, for not Game Boy Advance um, on the 3DS or DS uh, gave us free games and one of them was Fire Emblem I keep meaning to go back and play it was one from Game Boy Advance I think now I may uh, try it out I think you should Um, also released in 1992 on the Genesis in Japan um, was Jam and Earl oh nice and for those who don't know there is a new Jam and Earl coming out for the Nintendo Switch yep yep friend of mine Mario if you're listening there you go. Happy anniversary for Toe Jam and Earl. He's a huge TJ and E. Toe Jam and Earl loved loved playing that game. Absolutely loved playing that game. Never beat it, but loved playing it. Um, also, this week, and this is this is an interesting one because um, uh, I don't think it's one. I think it's a game most people in the world know. So it's a game that kind of extends beyond just a regular uh, video gamer. Okay. It was uh, released this week in 1992 on Windows 3.1. Whoa. Do Minecraft? you have any idea what it is? Not Minecraft. Um, Minesweep? Minesweeper. <laughs> yes. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, that game rules. Which, which was included in every PC <laughs> imaginable. Uh, that and Solitaire I got so good at. <laughs> Yes, Minesweeper and Solitaire were on like every computer, and uh, yeah, it came out this week in 1992. Wow, I think my dad still plays Minesweeper. <laughs> Every now and again, I see him playing. <laughs> I was going to say, on rare occasions, if I can, if I can still find it on a computer or somewhere, I'll play it. I don't care. <laughs> um, um, Real quick before we move on, what was your opening? Hold on, what was your opening strategy in a Minesweeper? Did you like click in the corners, just, or you just kind of clicked around to open random. up? Random? Uh, random. Okay. I just went random. Okay. <laughs> okay. There, was, there, was, there, was, there was no rhyme or reason to the, the first click. 
So well, some people would try and get that have... one click that opened up a big spot. Now other people started from the corner and kind of worked their way down. Yeah, I, but but if the corner had a bomb in it, the game was over anyway. Well, so you, it didn't matter. If you clicked on the first box, it would have been a bomb. <laughs> right. All right. So moving on, 1993 Sega Genesis. Uh, a game called Splatterhouse 3. Now, the Splatterhouse Ooh. series is one of those rare series. I don't know if you ever played it. I actually, you know, it was uh, a game I was really fond of. I used to rent it from the video store all the time because it was a nice, gory, dark horror game. Okay. Um, but it's also an incredibly rare game to find. Like, to if you find a completed version of Splatterhouse 3, I think it goes for over 100 bucks. Really? Yep. Wow. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it was actually a really it was a really cool game. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, and if you haven't heard of it, I suggest you research it. Um, and if you get your hands on it, then give me a call. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, uh, moving to a year later, nineteen ninety four, um, in Japan, the Genesis version of Castlevania Bloodlines, arguably one of the best Castlevania games ever created, was released. Bloodlines, you're right. That was uh, the sole reason why I went and got a Genesis. Yes. Castlevania Bloodlines was awesome. Um, I remember playing through that game. And in fact, I think it was, it had become at that time my favorite Castlevania game until Symphony of the Night came out. And then Symphony Agreed. of the Night was just like on a whole other level. Agreed. Yep. Uh, also in 1994, uh, on Genesis as well, uh, but in the United States this time, Streets of Rage 3. Okay. Now, yeah. Now, I don't know if you played Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage um, Two was actually one of my favorites uh, to play, but Streets of Rage Three was uh, equally as good. Mm-hmm. I mean, side-scrolling beat 'em up games were just fun. Um, moving down the list, 1995 on the Sega CD in the U.S., mm-hmm. we had a special edition of Earthworm Jim. Really? Well, what system again? Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Sega CD. Oh, okay. All right, I can see that. Yeah. So again, um, I had no idea that they even released that. So that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping a few years to 1998 in Japan, PlayStation version released Dead or Alive. Oh, nice. Um, yes, and for those of you who don't know what Dead or Alive is, I'm sure Larry has played it many, many times. <laughs> uh, I watched the movie a few times. So. It's, yeah, well, and then there was a movie based off of it. A very, very, very bad movie. Very bad. About girls in bikinis. Yeah, that's fight each why other. I watched it, yes. Of course you did. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I'm going to jump a couple of years to the year 2000. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was released on N64. There we go. And uh, we just talked about two last week real quick, talking about that. Yes, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was like one of those... Uh, games that kind of came out of nowhere and surprised the hell out of everybody. In fact, I still have a song on my iPod that I listen to when I run uh, that I that was originally from the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series. Oh, really? <laughs> yep, Superman, uh, Superman by Goldfinger. Awesome. Yep, uh, gotta love ska music, or at least one song. Um, <laughs> in 2001, on Dreamcast in the U.S., we had Unreal Tournament released. Okay. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah, totally. uh, that game was actually really popular at the time. There's a whole engine uh, and named after it now. Yes, 
and then jumping to 2002 for Game Boy Advance. Now, I know this was one of your favorite games. Uh, you used to play it all the time, I remember. It was uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Girls' Night Out. That game has replay value up the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, because you're creepy. If they didn't, if they didn't need any more money. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, moving on. Uh, 2003 in Japan on PlayStation 2, Final Fantasy X2. The first, the first Final Fantasy game to ever get a sequel. Direct sequel, yeah. A direct sequel, Final Fantasy X and X2. So X2 was released in 2003. Um, on Game Boy Advance in Japan, also this week in 2003, was The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, and Four Swords Adventure. It was Fantastic. a combo. Fantastic game, the Four Swords Adventure game, which they later released as a standalone on the GameCube. Um, that game was awesome. Of course, you got the original Link to the Past, but Four Swords Adventure. If you haven't played it, definitely go out and play it. Yeah, I actually have it on the uh, I have it on the GameCube, and that game was actually really awesome. And in fact, on the GameCube, it's a pretty rare game to find too. Mm. Um, uh, and then we're gonna jump. Actually, I'm sorry. We're going to stick to 2003. 2003, this week in history, there was actually quite a, quite a few things that were released uh, of note. I'm, try, I'm just sticking to the, the main ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, po- Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Sapphire were okay. both released in yep. 2003 uh, on Game Boy Advance as well. So Game Boy Advance got quite a bit cool. uh, that week, which nice. Pokemon and Zelda. Um, and speaking and going back to Zelda for a minute, in 2004... Um, on GameCube, Four Swords Adventure was released. Oh, I didn't realize it was like a year or two later. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. Um, also in 2004 on PlayStation 2 in the U.S., we had Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six 3. Um, that Rainbow Six series, I don't know how many games that wound up coming out with, but uh, there, were, there were a ton of those. And it led to The Division um, and now um, Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands. So awesome, awesome games. There you go. Um, finishing up my list here with a couple. 2005 on GameCube, we had Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, um, <laughs> which, came, which, if you remember correctly, came with, came with bongos. Um, <laughs> we also had, uh, also in 2005, Super Monkey Ball Deluxe for PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Okay. You had, you had the Mega Man Anniversary Collection for Xbox. Oh, yes. In 2005. And uh, last but not least, in Japan on PlayStation 2 in 2006, hmm. Final Fantasy 12. Oh, wow. I seem a little late. But so, so that makes, yeah, makes the, sense. It was, you know, I find it interesting when I do these this week in gaming history how um, some games seem to come out around the same time of the year. So, for example, like there were two Final Fantasy games that came out, you know, uh, this week in 2000. What 2003 and then 2006 and Tony Hawk's right around Zelda. near each other. Yeah, Zelda 2003 2004. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how sometimes these things fall on timetables. I think it's uh, done on purpose. Each other. Yeah, like 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 Call of Duty's there no, every no, November. I no, I think I absolutely think mm-hmm. they do because I think you know if you can get if you can get games on a schedule that way, then you you know your fans expect you know know when they're coming out. Absolutely. So that concludes this week in gaming history All right. for the week of, for the week of March, whatever week this is. March, uh, I'm so lost because I'm living in March Japan right now. March, uh, well, we just dropped. Yes, there you go. This will be the week of March 12th. 
All right. Um, yeah, you're going to be all uh, discombobulated, especially with daylight savings time in here in the U.S. <laughs> so by the time you get home, who do knows you know, what day? It's going to be November. As I said, do you know? Do you know that Japan does not do daylight savings time? Do you know? I think there's a city in Indianapolis, in Indiana, that doesn't do it. Yeah. No, I'm aware of that. Too. Or I think Indiana. Um, yeah. So, so I'm going to be thoroughly confused. One, because when I get home, daylight savings time is in effect, so I'm going to be thrown off by that hour. Then I'm going to be thrown off by the other 17 hour difference, <laughs> uh, or it will be 16 hours because of daylight savings. So it's just going to be all over the place. And then three days after I get home. I am running my very first marathon. Oh, boy. There you go. All right. Which marathon? The L.A. Marathon. Oh, wow. You're going all in. All righty. There you go. Good luck, I've Anthony. Been, I've, I, I've been training a lot. Good. Good. No, no, that's that's awesome. Anthony going to be uh, um, representing the retro gamers. No. Um, he's going to go out. That's cool. No, yes, good luck with that. This, there, there's an 8-bit version of me <laughs> running the 26 miles. <laughs> it's like it's like you awesome <laughs> i'm just gonna be standing behind it on, i'm just gonna be standing behind it on a segway with a controller <laughs> someone hits you you shrink that'd be awesome um no no definitely good luck with that um is that thing televised um is it like the new I york marathon, televised the marathon. They, they, they televise the marathon but um usually when they're televising it it's the people that are in the front that are going really fast so you won't see me <laughs> oh so i can guarantee <laughs> You, at some point, you can try and attach yourself to like the cart that does the camera. <laughs> yeah. Nah. No. Oh, and you know what? There's one. There's, there's one other interesting thing before we uh, before we uh, wrap up. Okay. Here. But um, I wanted to bring it up before it disappears in Tokyo. Um, did you know that in Tokyo right now there is a company doing real life Mario Kart? Oh my God! Really? Yes. So. <laughs> uh, it's funny because somebody sent me a video of it the day after I was in a cab on the way to work and I saw it in the street. Did you? <laughs> um, I didn't see them. I didn't see them driving the carts, but I saw them getting ready. And I'm like, "What is that?" And then all of a sudden, I was like, "No way!" I was like, "So there's a company out here, and what you do is you know you go over, you pay them, you pick out a costume, a Mario <laughs> costume, like you pick a character from Mario Kart, you get in a go kart." And you drive on the street. Oh, that is amazing. And I'm sure you do not sign anything that waives so the, anyone's responsibilities. No. So I have made it a point that the next time I'm in Japan, in, you know, because I have to come back here in April, um, I will track that down <laughs> and I will Mario Kart. Oh, that is awesome. That's what you want to do. Live Mario Kart on actual move uh you know actual trap in in traffic is what i'm trying to say <laughs> yes and if and if and if and if they if and if they uh charge for a video i will get a video do like do they i mean uh, how, how, how am i gonna put this do they have power-ups like how, like do you throw stuff at each other uh i i'm assuming you don't <laughs> i bump each other into traffic i mean i th i think I, I i think it's dangerous enough because you're driving through real traffic <laughs> on the street oh that is fantastic um all right well good luck with that next time <laughs> let us know how that's gonna go and uh but it, it yeah. all all joking yeah, aside we'll if, 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 if i'm not on the podcast next week <laughs> I, I died <laughs> <laughs> well we'll let you know um or at least with the, with the marathon, if, if we don't catch you next week, or, or live from you know L.A. hospital. 
Uh, no, in all honesty, good luck with that. That's awesome. Uh, definitely uh, uh, good stuff. And um, other than that, have a safe trip back home whenever you get home. I don't you know. I think they just legally may have you there forever. I know. Well, I know. Tell me about it. I mean, sometimes I'm getting to the point of delirium where I, you know, my brain starts tricking me into thinking that the virtual boy was a good idea. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end it. Um, and good luck with everything. The marathon, <laughs> the travel at home. Thank you. Check us out on Facebook as always. And um, with that, we'll have another week. Good night, everybody. Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.